Hello and welcome to a special Rewind episode of the Raise Your Game Show. I'm your host, Alan Stein Jr. If you're new to our show, each of the previous 12 seasons have had a different theme, a different format, and a different approach to unpacking and dissecting both individual and organizational performance. These Rewind episodes take a look back at some of my all-time favorite shows, in case you missed them the first time around, or in case you'd like to give them a second listen. I hope you enjoy, and more importantly, I hope this Rewind episode helps you raise your game. Excuse me, everyone, if I can have your attention, please. Probably wondering why we gathered you here. Let's give them something to talk about. Let's give them something to talk about. Roll it. Roll it. Welcome to the Raise Your Game Show, a podcast that unpacks and dissects the strategies and principles of high performance in sports and business. Here's your host, Alan Stein Jr. In the first half of season two, I teamed up with two good friends to unpack their thoughts, perspectives, and the lessons they learned from six of the most popular signature stories I tell regularly in my keynotes, workshops, and trainings. The second half of season two will follow the exact same format, except this time we'll dissect and discuss six rarely told stories that I've only shared publicly on a few occasions. Now, please keep in mind, these stories are very unrefined. They need to be workshopped and tweaked a lot before they're stage ready. But this is the first step of how I develop content. In this episode, I'm joined by my friend David DeWolf, the president and CEO of Three Pillar Global and the best-selling author of The Product Mindset. David is one of the most innovative and compassionate leaders I've ever met. David and I are going to take a deeper dive into a story about former DeMatha point guard James Robinson and how the lesson I learned about bouncing back directly applies to business leadership. Let's take a listen as I share this story with David in studio for the very first time. With only four seconds left in the 2012 WCAC championship game, we found ourselves down one point with the ball at midcourt. If we scored, senior James Robinson will become the first player in conference history to win four consecutive championships. And this is a conference that ESPN ranks number one in the nation. And while being down one with four ticks of the clock left certainly is not ideal, I still liked our chances. You see, James Robinson was without question the best leader that I've ever coached. Was he the best shooter? No. Was he the best ball handler? No. Was he the most athletic? No. But he was absolutely the best leader and not coincidentally, a winner. With four seconds left in his high school career, James had already won more games 120 of them than any other player in the history of DeMatha basketball. So like I said, I liked our chances. Coach Mike Jones wisely called a timeout to calm the troops, strategize, and set up a play for James to take the last shot. It was a play that we had run successfully dozens of times in practice. So buy in and believe in were unparalleled. And just as scripted, after we broke the timeout, we successfully inbounded the ball to James. Four seconds left. He ripped the ball across the defender and drove towards the lane. Three seconds left. He got a few feet past the free throw line and elevated to shoot. 
two seconds left. He shot the ball on balance and with perfect form. One second left. The ball hit the front rim and fell short. The horn sounded. Game over. We lost by one. The other team's fans stormed the court in celebration. James instantly collapsed and was inconsolable. To this day, I've never seen a human being as emotionally distraught as James was at that moment. He was sobbing. You see, he felt he let his teammates down. He felt he let his coaches down. But most of all, he felt he let DeMatha down. After Coach Jones addressed the team for the final time that season, James Robinson, all 6'3", 210 pounds of him, sat on the court for nearly two hours in tears. Now I realize there are much bigger losses in life than losing a basketball game. But you have to view the world through James' lens. He was 18 years old. He had spent his entire life preparing for this moment. And it wasn't the storybook ending he had dreamed about. His heart hurt. But you know what James did the very next morning? He didn't sulk. He didn't hide. He didn't make excuses. He arrived at DeMatha's gym two hours before school started. Now keep in mind, the season in his high school career is now over. And he proceeded to reenact that exact same play over and over and over until he made it a hundred times. He got closure. He moved to the next play. He bounced back. James made the decision to not let that miss define him or cause him further unhappiness. We will all have hard times. We will all face adversity. We will all have varying levels of challenges, setbacks, and tragedies. It's inevitable. It's a part of life. But your success and your happiness hinges on your ability to bounce back. So, David, that was the first time you've heard this story, unlike the signature stories, which you had heard a few times. What's kind of your initial reaction to, to hearing that? You know, the first thing that came to my mind is that there's there's the lesson, but then there are so many lessons behind the lesson yeah. that enable the individual to act with that virtue that we're teasing out. And, and obviously, the main lesson is about bounce back. It's yeah. about handling adversity and going, you know, you say all the time, next play. Absolutely. Right? Go to the next play. Um, so important for leaders uh, to embrace. But here's what strikes me even more. Um, one of the things top of my mind is you talk about how he sat on the court for two hours. He embraced his emotions. Yes. I think so often leaders try to deny that they've let somebody else down. Right. And yeah. you went through this whole script of not just did he let his teammates down, not just the coach down, but DeMatha down the way you described it. He had his priorities straight and sure did. it was not about letting himself down. It wasn't about him being embarrassed. Right. But because he was able to live in that moment and say, you know what? I practiced. I did everything I could do. You even talked about how his form was perfect, right? Yeah. The process was there. Just sometimes we fall short. And it sounds like he embraced that. And I think that leads to being able to take the next step. What did you say? The process was there. Just sometimes we fall short. And it sounds like he embraced that. And I think that leads to being able to take the next step and go the next day and say, you know what? I've dealt with my emotions. I've, I've, I've been sad. I've yes. embraced the disappointment. It's okay. And I think too often we go to the extremes, right? We either try to just ignore it and not hold ourselves accountable. Yep. Right. 
Or we go the opposite and, you know, you think about sports and so many times uh, individuals are, you know, they're mad, they're angry, they're throwing a fit, they're not being good sports because they're embarrassed and they want to show other people that they care. No, no, no. He just lived in the moment. He did. And I think that is so powerful to helping us realize how do you go to the next play, right? You take accountability, you let it sink in, you say, it's okay to feel disappointment. Yes, and then you say, what can I do better to make sure that I have better chances, better odds the next time around? Oh, I love that. I mean, you said so many different insightful things there. And of course, as I, I think back on that, yeah, the, the first part that really impressed me was what you just said was his his servant mentality. You know, he had a lot riding on that because he was going to be the first player in history to win four straight championships. Right. But that wasn't even what he was upset about. Yeah. You know, he realized as a leader that everyone was counting on him yeah. and he felt that he let them down. And he, he right. was able, which is very rare when you're 18 years old. Totally. Uh, when I think back when I was 18, I thought the entire universe revolved around me right. and what I thought was important. And here's a young man who, who was so selfless that he felt bad. And, and of right. course, everyone consoling him from coach Jones all the way down to the 15th man was saying, James, right. we wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for you. Right. You did not let us down. Right. You missed a shot that you normally make. Yeah. And that's a part of it. And yeah. the other part that I think was so impressive was how quickly he was able to bounce back. Yeah, You know, I mean, for some of us, it would take years to right. get over a disappointment of that gravity. Yeah. And he was able to do it in less than 24 hours. And, yeah. you what know, what was the secret to that? What do you think caused him to be able to rebound that quickly? Well, I, I know firsthand I've known his, I knew his parents for his whole career okay. you know, for four years and got yeah. to know them. And they are two of the most wonderful people that I've ever met. Yeah. And they are very empowering people. They always gave that because they had, James had a brother as well. Yep. Uh, they always taught autonomy. Yep. Uh, they were big in making sure, as you said so perfectly, that he was allowed to feel whatever emotion yeah. he wanted to feel. Yeah. His parents weren't trying to say, you know, don't worry about it or it, yeah. you know, it's okay. They wouldn't be here without you. They right. didn't do anything to take the sting away. Yeah. They just sat there and let him experience that pain yep. because they knew, first of all, he had a right to experience it. Yep. And two, I think they knew in their heart that he would use that at some point to make himself better and get that closure. And for him to have the emotional intelligence yep. to be able to disassociate who he is as a man with the action on the court is so powerful because at that age, most people just think I'm James Robinson. I'm a basketball player. Basketball is what I do and who I am. And yep. if things don't go well, then I'm not good anymore. That's and right. He was intelligent enough to realize those two things weren't the same, man. So th that's deep and exactly what I was kind of hoping you'd go because I, I don't know this situation well, but I've heard you talk about coach Jones before. Yes. And my theory was going to be that coach Jones creates such a team environment that everybody on that team knows that they are still men that are respected, that yes. are part of the team where everybody else, including the coach, including the team members have their backs, even when they fail. What did you say? They are still men that are respected, that yes. are part of the team where everybody else, including the coach, including the team members have their backs, even when they fail. Yes. Right. But you took it even deeper and you went with the parents providing that environment as well. And I think it's so important because what I see in corporate America yeah. is this fear where, where corporate greed has gotten so strong that people have become about never failing and they're afraid to fail. And they, right. they associate the action of coming up short, right? L not winning a sales pursuit, right? right? Um, they associate it with, I'm a failure, right. not I have failed, yes. right? I have come up short. There's nothing wrong with us failing. We all fail. Of course. That does not mean we as people are failures. No. 
What did you say? There's nothing wrong with us failing. We all fail. Of course. That does not mean we as people are failures. No. And too often we don't tease these apart. And what you just described was this environment where it was a full team environment, not just on the basketball court, but at home yes. that he was brought up in where he was able to disassociate those things and say, I am different than just my actions themselves. They, they make me who I am. They're part of me, yes. but they are not me. I'm a human being in and of myself. Absolutely. I love that. I think that's so powerful and is definitely something everyone in the business world should learn from. Uh, and I also loved that no one made any excuses. One of the things yeah. I love about coach Jones is he doesn't allow excuses. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's uh, cause again, in a game like that, you can, you can rewind the tape and realize, yes, the missed shot at the end is what gets most recognized, but every missed shot before that is two points that you didn't have on the scoreboard. Every turnover before that is something that didn't go on the, you know, on the scoreboard, every referees missed call. So in a close game like that, it's easy to go back and say, well, the referee missed this one call. If they wouldn't have missed that, we would have won the game or if, and, and, no one would ever do that. Like we understood that we had an opportunity to win. We drew up a play that we had done previously. It was a play that James had made millions of times in his career and it just didn't go down that day. And we're going to be okay with that. And and to me, that was the most powerful portion of that is that it's a no excuse zone. And you actually started by describing him as a a player and a human being as the best leader you had ever coached. Without question. Well, What are the characteristics that make him that best leader? I think we've covered some of them so far, which is first and foremost is a servant mentality that he doesn't feel that everyone else on the uh, team owes him something. He feels like he has to live up to what it is that they need from him and that he's always trying to be of service. Uh, James was always incredibly chameleon like that. Whatever the coach Jones needed from him is what he was going to be able to do. If there was a game where he needed to be the best defender on the court and guard the other team's best man, uh, he was willing to do that. Uh, If he had to do, you know, maybe take less shots because one of his teammates had the hot hand, he never had a problem with that. Uh, James lived the mantra that it doesn't matter who scores. All that matters is that we score. And and it doesn't matter who scores. All that matters is that we win together as a team. Um, James uh, was an interesting one because... He was a rather quiet guy off the court, okay. but he was a very vocal leader on the court. Interesting. And one of the things I always loved about him was he would hold players accountable, his teammates accountable before coach Jones would even need to say something. Yeah. Like the most I remember, powerful type of accountability, absolutely. right? Absolutely. I mean, what, what type of young man would call out their teammate when he sees that their teammate doesn't touch the line during a sprint? Yeah. Like the coaches didn't even see it, but James yeah. realized that's not the type of behavior that we want to have here. And that, I mean, he was, he was mature beyond his years. Yeah. And the, the other thing that I heard in the story was the extreme ownership, right? Yes. Of just taking it like I came up short, right? Yes. It wasn't blaming, right? And and that oftentimes is such a powerful leadership trait. Yes. Other people want to follow that, right? Because we all know we're not perfect, yes. but we have such a hard time admitting it. And so I think we respect it in other people. We want yeah. to follow people that say, hey, I, I'm the emperor. I have no clothes, right? It's yes. okay, right? Everybody sees it already. Let's just admit it. And, and back to that next play, to have the maturity to realize no matter how much I pout and sulk about last night's miss, yep. it's not changeable. There's nothing I can do to change that. All I can do is make sure that that miss 
doesn't cause further anguish or unhappiness or future misses. Um, there's, there's two more sports references I think of from a bounce back one. And I know I'm going to butcher the actual statistics. So folks would have to look this up, but it was a couple of years ago and Stephen Curry had a, an NBA record streak of most consecutive games of making at least one three pointer. Mm. And it was, it was approaching 300 games. So wow. you're talking almost three or four years of having at least one make. Unbelievable. So, yeah. Incredible. And then he has a really bad shooting night. I think he goes 0 for 11 that night. And unfortunately, he breaks this tremendous streak that he had. And of course, I'm sure he was disappointed. I mean, I'm sure he went back and played those 11 shots in his head and thought, I could have at least made one of those. But he was able to bounce back to the tune that 48 hours later, he ends up setting the NBA record for the most threes made in one game. Unbelievable. He made 13. That's crazy. So he went... From what he absolutely statistically was the worst shooting night that he had ever had as a pro. And 48 hours later had the best shooting night, not just for himself, but in the NBA history. And we all know that he didn't change anything. He didn't eat something different for breakfast. He didn't do some type of new shooting workout. All he did was mentally put that one behind him and probably say to himself, well, I'm just going to start a new streak tonight. And that's what happened. That ability to bounce back to me is what makes a guy like that so impressive. And You know what strikes me too? It reminds me of the Stockdale uh, paradox in the book, Good to Great. It talks about uh, Admiral Stockdale in the war and how what he said kept him alive was being able to deal with with the brutal reality of the situation he was in, yet having hope for the future. Yeah. And I think so often people go to one side or the other of that. They're, they're either brutal reality and I'm a failure, I'm a failure, or, hey, I'm perfect, I can't do anything wrong, right? And, and it's this paradox of getting both sides, and that's what you just described, is, is individuals who are able to look like, I had a horrible shooting night. Yeah. Right. Or I just lost this deal for our team or it was my leadership that didn't allow us to perform at this level. Just accepting that, putting it out there and say, yeah, that doesn't mean I can't get better in the future. What did you say? I just lost this deal for our team or it was my leadership that didn't allow us to perform at this level. Just accepting that, putting it out there and say, yeah, that doesn't mean I can't get better in the future. No. Right. Doesn't mean that I don't have hope. Right. And I think we have to have both in business. And as you said so perfectly before. It doesn't mean I'm not a good player. That's right. So tonight I shot very poorly. It doesn't mean I'm a bad shooter. That's right. Today I didn't make that sale. It doesn't mean I'm a bad sales professional. It just means at that time you're a little bit off. That's right. Or maybe somebody just flat out beat you. Yes. Right. And that happens all of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And and that actually tees up the second thought. Now, at the time of this recording, uh, the Super Bowl was a couple of weeks ago. That's right. um, And I would imagine most of the world's watched. So hopefully it's not a spoiler alert. But uh, Kansas City ended up beating San Francisco. And I can only imagine how disappointed the San Francisco coaching staff and players were. I mean, they they felt like they had every opportunity to win and they let it go. Uh, And I've seen numerous accounts now that not just the coaching staff, but the players as well have watched that game numerous time since sure they've watched it to go back and say what plays did we not capitalize on right where where were we vulnerable on defense that we let them score or advance the ball that we shouldn't have what are some plays that we should have been able to make and they did it while it was still fresh in their minds while their emotions were still high to make that feeling even stickier so that they'll be better prepared to adjust next season and and how much does that reflect what 
Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback of the Chiefs, did, right? Last year, he was the one that was out of the playoffs early. Yep. And totally, we hear all of the stories about in the offseason and everything he did to prepare. And guess what? He just flew through the playoffs. Had What, what was it? The only quarterback to ever come back from 10-point deficits, double-digit deficits in every single playoff game. Oh, yeah. Right? And he did not have a good Super Bowl. I mean, if oh, you no. really look at it, right, he was not doing well through the middle of the third quarter. But he had this mentality of, listen... I am who I am. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to keep on competing and I'm not going to sulk. Right. And he was picking his players up and right. Giving them high fives and encouraging them. And he came through. He absolutely did. And that was where his leadership was able to shine. And one of the things, uh, the the last thing, uh, last thought I'll end us with is that I love about coach Jones is that he would tell players all the time. There'll be some nights where you're just not on offensively. You're just not making shots. But there's plenty of other things that you can do to still help this team win. You can still rebound. You can still defend. You can still be a vocal leader. You know, if things aren't going your way in this one area of the game, it doesn't mean it has to affect everything else. And that's what great players do when they don't have the hot hand one night. They find other ways to be impactful and influential and still allow their team a better chance of winning. Attitude and effort. The two things we control. I love it. That's my Alan Stein Jr. quote. If you'd like for me to share stories and lessons like this with your organization or at your next event, please visit allensteinjr.com to explore all of your options. And make sure you hit me up at allensteinjr on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn with your thoughts and feedback. Well, that's it for now. I hope this has helped you raise your game. Let's go!